Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live, in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Today we continue a conversation we started on our last program concerning a fresh take on the subject of social justice. Our guest last time and today wrote a book on the subject entitled Do Justice, The Case for Biblical Social Justice. We're discovering that the Bible has a lot to say on this subject. Our guest, Stephen Allred, is an attorney and ordained minister who served as an academy Bible teacher and church pastor for more than 14 years before taking a break from church employment to practice law. He holds a Juris Doctor from the University of the Pacific, McGeorge School of Law, and a Master of Divinity from Andrews University. Steve, welcome back to LifeQuest Liberty. It's good to be here, Charles. Thank you. This program is sponsored by Liberty Magazine, and Steve joins us via Skype. Steve, you've had your toe in both pools of water, teaching and pastoring and lawyering. Are there some parallels there we should know about? Are you finding that skills in one area work just fine than the other? Well, I mean, the parallels probably are that uh, they can be high-stress um, <laughs> yes, situations. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of professions like that. I mean, communications, uh, I think, you know, involved in, in both. And um, and for me, really, what attracted me, I, I was a pastor first and then went to law school when I was a youth pastor. I, I did it part-time in the evenings. Mm-hmm. And what attracted me was my really my interest in helping people and, in a way, doing justice and, you know, working with religious liberty and that type of thing. And so... Yeah, there there are parallels there because, I mean, that's what you're doing as a pastor. And if you want to, as an attorney, you're helping people and you're working for justice. Very good. Very good. Here's a question for you. Are social justice and separation of church and state compatible? Can you have one without the other or do they work better when they're combined? You have Christians who are kind of on the left and on the right Right. uh, in in America, at least. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this from an American context. And on the left, you tend to have Christians who are more interested in social justice and on the right they don't call it that, but they're more interested in fighting against abortion and social change that affects their religious freedom. And so it's interesting because on both kind of extremes, I guess you could say, of the the spectrum there, I don't know that they believe in separation of church and state. And they kind of think, well, we just want our version of what is right to be enforced as law. And so I was trying to grapple with that because I do believe in separation of church and state as an ideal. I think there's some scriptural principles to back that up where Jesus, for example, in John 18 says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would be fighting. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's, to God what is God's. And then you have, of course, history, which you look at and you realize that when church and state come together and the church uses the state to enforce its dogmas and decrees, things aren't that pretty in history. And so you had Roger Williams, of course, who came here to America. He was a Baptist, was persecuted by the Puritan majority of his day, and established Rhode Island on this principle of, hey, let's keep things separate here with church and state. And he even went so far as to get into, there are some even um, things that we would consider morality issues that he said, listen, that's, that's kind of a personal thing. Let's not make that a a thing where the government gets involved in. And so I was trying to grapple with like Martin Luther King Jr.'s, you know, concept of, hey, 
racial justice. Let's go out there and use even biblical arguments hmm. to uh, argue for social justice, which I agree with, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. on that. And yet this concept of let's keep church and state separate, kind of like Roger Williams believed in. Yeah. And I do think they're compatible. I think we just have to understand them. And and I also think one of our former presidents, Barack Obama, argued this well. I'm a Christian, he said. When we go into the public square, I don't need to put my faith aside. But when I'm talking about public policy, I need to do so in a way that's accessible mm. to everyone who's listening, mm. even those who may not share my faith. And I'm paraphrasing. It was in a USA Today article when he wrote that back when he was a senator. And I think that's that's kind of how I, I view it. I think we should argue. We have the first table of the law and the second table of the law, the Ten Commandments, right? And Roger Williams argued the first table, first four commandments are never to be enforced by the civil magistrate. The last six are fair game. Mm -hmm. And so I think I'd subscribe to that generally. But I, even then, I think we need to, as we go into the public square as Christians, as we argue for morality, for good laws that are based on good principles, we should do it not saying the Bible says so, therefore you must enforce this law. But we should say, hey, how can we reason with people, even those who don't share our beliefs, and help them to come to similar conclusions based on shared principles and values and common sense and things like that. Yeah, I like that because so many times the thus saith the Lord gets in the way of we need to love each other. It shouldn't be, and I think that if that's happening, we're doing it wrong. But I like the fact mm -hmm. that we need to we need to share love, be love, demonstrate love Regardless, and that goes back to something you said on our last program, that people of all faiths or people with no faith can have that love in their hearts. And that's the most important thing for us to share is love. God can find a way in after that, but our job is to share love. Am I on the right track saying that? Yes, you are. Absolutely. And I, I really think as you go back to this concept of do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Yeah. Matthew 7, verse 12, Jesus said, this sums up the law and the prophets. As a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, this is what he's told me to do. And as Christians, we're following Christ. We want to love God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, and love our neighbors ourselves. Mm -hmm. But John, in his epistle, tells us that we really can't love God unless we learn how to love people first. Mm. That's, a, to me, a revolutionary thought. Yeah. And I found this to be true in my own life, that the more I learn to love difficult people, the closer I come to God, too. And, of course, Jesus said it well. He said, listen, you can love your friends. Even the pagans do that. Yeah. But what about loving your enemies? Mm -hmm. And this is especially, I think, we, we sometimes give ourselves a pass when it comes to our political enemies. We say, yeah, you know, don't have to love them. But I think God does call us as Christians to speak truth with gentleness and respect. This is what we're called to do. Yeah, we can be direct. Um, John the Baptist rebuked Herod. We got killed for it. Yes. But I think that Christians do it differently than the pagans do it. So when we have God's love in our hearts and we share God's love with others, whether we recognize that is God's love or Christ's love, we are bringing social justice by default. Social justice is a byproduct of loving other people. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. All right. So your message then to the Christian church today, uh, your message to everyone in general, but to the Christian church in particular, is what? How do we do justice? How do we demonstrate a case for biblical social justice to the world as Christians? So I think as Christians, our primary job is to share Jesus with the world, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Go ye into all the world, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Spirit, right? So we are called to go make disciples, to share the gospel, the good news. Yes. Here's my thing. If we somehow detach the gospel from how we live our lives now, how we relate to others now, and we just say, well, it's this theory that we preach it's something you some words you speak and then you're you're saved and you're good to go and then we move on to the next person and we detach the gospel from the reality of what's going on in our world i think we've missed half of the effectiveness of the gospel and so i see as jesus uh, describes the last judgment in matthew 25 he invites into heaven those who have been ministering to others who've been mm-hmm. showing this love mm-hmm because they've experienced God's love to them, just like the grace of God, the mercy of God in their own lives. And because of that, it flows out to others. And they begin to feed the hungry and visit those in prison and do all of these things because of of God's love in their heart. And another advantage to this is that I don't think the world is going to believe the message we have unless we are listening to their pain and trying to help them in their current struggles. And really, I don't think it's a a manipulation thing that we need to do this to, I think we actually genuinely ought to be concerned, you know, about people's plights and and how we can relieve suffering and oppression, uh, not just so they'll believe the gospel, but because we actually love and care about them. But the byproduct of that is when they know we love and care, then they're going to listen to what we have to say about salvation, about eternal life. And they'll be they'll be interested in that as well. So yes, I think this is the essence of what God's love does in our lives when we when we accept it and receive it. Oh my, this is this is wonderful, wonderful words today. The book is Do Justice: The Case for Biblical Social Justice by Stephen Allred, and I can tell you right now that uh, he uses a standard that we all should use in determining how we bring social justice to the world, and that's the life of Christ. If you want to know how it works, if you want to know what you need to do, if you want to know what it looks like and sounds like and, 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 and feels like, study the life of Christ, and read this book, Do Justice, The Case for Biblical Social Justice by Stephen Allred. Now, Stephen, on our last program, you shared with us where we can get a hold of this book. Share with us again exactly where we can find Do Justice. So if you just go on to Amazon, you can look for it there. Just look for Do Justice, The Case for Biblical Social Justice, and you'll see it. Or you can go to Do Justice Books with an S at the end of books, dojusticebooks.com, and you can order it there. And one final question before I let you go. Why did you do this book? What was the motivation behind sitting down for, and I know what it's like to write books, what made you do this? Well, for me, it was was a bit of a personal journey. I mean, you know, I look back at my life and in some ways, I think, neglected this topic, Mm -hmm. you know, focused on theology and theory, kind of neglecting, I think, the practical in some ways when it came to this issue. And um, I think with some of the movement around racial justice in our country here a couple years ago after the death of George Floyd. It really got me to listening more, and actually previous to that as well. But what really spurred me on was hearing a lot of Christians who were, I guess, dismissing 
social justice and dismissing racial justice and saying, oh, we shouldn't even be focusing on that. It's it's a you know, distraction, whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute. The Bible's got a lot to say about this stuff. Yes. I think we ought to not be dismissed. I, I think we ought to actually be leading the way in the discussion. Sure. Does the world get it wrong sometimes? Absolutely. Do some of the racial justice movements out there have everything right? No. But um, I think that's why we as Christians ought to be saying, hey, listen, we're going to be at the forefront of this because this is something the Bible talks about. And so that's really what kind of spurred me onward was, um, I guess, a lot of <laughs> the Christian voices out there I heard were saying things that weren't true. I think leaving out a lot of what the Bible says about this, and I felt like there just needed to be a voice out there saying, wait a minute, what about this? And so that that was my impetus. All right. Do Justice, A Case for Biblical Social Justice by Stephen Allred, A-L-L-R-E-D. Stephen, thank you so much for sharing with us today. You've been speaking from your heart. We really appreciate that. It's been good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This program was sponsored by Liberty Magazine. LibertyMagazine.org is our website. Until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Stephen Allred, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>